You're listening to the Crazy Mad Podcaster. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Man, the January the 6th final report dropped. Everything I've been saying on the Crazy Mad Podcaster and my other podcast show, Open Mic, is true. A lot of people said I was crazy when I said, why Donald Trump? When the Republican Party embraced him, I said, why? Then I watched the Electoral College give him the presidency. Mike Pence stood there beside him, strong and willing to throw democracy away. Thanks to the Cokes and the Mercers. And I knew something was wrong when I seen Stephen Miller and Steve Bannon go into the White House. You telling me, corporate America, you didn't know, and media, you didn't know that Steve Bannon and Stephen Miller was white nationalists? Oh, I forgot. Y'all was focusing on um, Benghazi and Hillary's emails. Finding out these Nazis been here for a long time. They was here before World War II. They was here when World War I broke out. They was here destroying Reconstruction. They didn't call themselves Nazis at that time. But they came up with eugenics. Because they had to feel superior. Oh, it's here. It's like a Sherlock Holmes novel, man. The evil Dr. Crazy. Him and his fascist goons want to overthrow the world and a new world order. Yeah, that shit. Like a James Bond villain. You know, the closest to that is Captain America and Hydra. Cut off one head and another one appears. I call the Republican white nationalist movement out. And a lot of people say, no, you're just being crazy. You, 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 you're judging people. There's no such thing in white supremacy. They're Republicans. But why do you think they fought for so long to make sure America be dysfunctional instead of making America better for everyone? Why do you think right now, Greg Abbott down in Texas don't give a fuck about those migrants down there freezing in the cold? He's sleeping good. They don't have souls. White supremacists and Nazis teamed up in a white nationalist movement to take their country back from liberals. So when they holler communism, socialism, them dog whistles for ignorant white people to vote against their interests. Donald Trump was their pie piper of white supremacy. That's why it took a year, two and a half years to come out with a fucking final report. Why do you think Mitch O'Connell and all them guys cleared him? They had a fake fucking impeachment trial, but yet the media never called that shit out. You can't have a trial without witnesses, but you didn't see that shit. So now all of a sudden they're telling us about the Mueller report. I think, I mean, excuse me, the Mueller report, read that too. But this January the 6th, Final fucking hearing, I mean, uh, um, yeah, the final hearing, report, the final report on January the 6th, excuse me, let me get it right, uh, <clears throat> listen to it, read it, whatever, but listen to the, read the mother report. That's what Putin 
know about America that average American don't know. That's why they don't want education to work. That's why Ron DeSantis out there trying to ban fucking CRT and, and, and calling some shit out about gays and don't want black folks voting. Oh, no, they don't like Jews and they don't like black. That's why I don't understand Clarence Thomas or some wealthy Jew hanging out with these people. That's why I call out BB. You love Israel, BB. You love it so much you're killing the Palestinians. And America giving you everything you want for Israel. Everything. And you can't call Israel out. You anti-Semitic. But the ones who setting you up, Israel, to fail are the Nazis in America. They in fucking England. They in fucking France. These motherfuckers are the Heritage Foundation. The John Brooks Society. They got these little labels and stamps and and they fucking sit on our Supreme Courts and our courts, they're lawyers. They know the system. We've been saying that from day one. Fascists are in America. People marched on the streets of New York City in front of Fox fucking news. You fuckers ignored that shit. Why? You don't want to hear the truth? Well, you're going to hear it on the Crazy Mad Podcaster. Because we've been calling this shit out for a while. Ain't no way in hell Donald Trump should have been president of these United States. And then coming out, they're pulling shit out of their asses. Voter fraud, voter ID. They don't want us to have a function. They're fighting their grandpappies and the great-grandpappies fucking war. They think this is a white country. Black folks and Jews and immigrants, <laughs> we're not welcome. And our blood built this fucking shithole. Yeah. They put the virus out to kill us. They gave us QAnon. They has ignorant white people to storm the Capitol because they economically depressed. Yeah, oh yeah, they had Richard Nixon take our jobs and send them to China. Those people who are so wealthy that they give fucking $20 billion over the price of Twitter to that fucking asshole, Elon Musk. And you notice his little racist white, um, white Nazi ass end up with Tesla and SpaceX and Twitter. We're dealing with Nazis. Wealthy fuck. Nazis. That's why Steve Bannon walking around. Get, you know what? That motherfucker is so goddamn racist. He know we at war. Because that culture war was always the fucking civil war. I said it a while back at the time when this shit was going on. I say we're fighting Nazis. Where the fuck did these Nazis come from? Because they showing up, up in American government. Corporate media supposed to be the fucking best, right? Reporters supposed to be the top of the line, right? Man, these reporters ain't nothing but fucking... The real journalist is exposing them. But these fucking commentators every night that entertain us because they think entertainment disguised as news is not news. It's just entertainment. And they give us the procedures. Oh, well, you know, the Senate gonna walk in through the door and vote. 
Yes, they're going to vote tonight, right, on this bill, right? This ominous bill supposed to be passed by tomorrow. But why is it holding up? And they go get some guy out of the blue that get paid good money to sit there and give his opinion of why they're holding up the goddamn bill. Real journalists know why they're holding up the damn bill. Because they don't want shit to happen in America to help the citizens. You think corporate media are going to tell that? That's why they tripping out over this. You know what? They do not take this fucking shit serious. It's just a soundbite to these people. That's why they pay. You know when I noticed something was wrong with corporate media? When they bought Al Sharpton out. They bought his ass. He's one of them now. Al like to get up in the morning, go to the gym, and eat his fucking lettuce, and, and uh, put his expensive suits on, and and fly Lear Jets around the country with his Black Action Network League. They cut his balls off. You don't see Bishop Barber got no fucking spot on MSNBC. Because Bishop Barber's not a sellout. Now, if Al don't like what the fuck I said, too goddamn bad, Al, you sold the fuck out. When something happened to a brother in the streets, that's where you want to march. You know what the fuck is going on. You should have called that shit out on that morning joke show you fucking like to be a guest on. You don't think Joe and Mika, when he bring up Ronald Reagan before he do some sports commentator bullshit, um, and his little white nationalist friends hanging around with him, because, you know, I call them white nationalists because they know what the fuck's going on. And if you play the game, act like you don't know that we're dealing with Nazis in America, you're part of the problem. Even Joe fucking Biden is part of the problem. Thomas Harris is part of the problem. You know what? Hell, the whole goddamn government is broken. Oh, we must compromise. We must learn to work together. You know, all that bullshit. And white American, ignorant Americans, I know y'all are racist. You sent Marsha Taylor Greene back to D.C. And that Bober bitch back to D.C. Pick one. You racist or stupid? Which one is that? Oh, you listen to Fox News? You're stupid and racist. I'll be right back with some hard-hitting commentary. This culture war that Steve Bannon love is not going to stop. 2024, Joe Biden might win another presidency, right? Might not live through it. Because he's 80 now. What, he's going to be 85 when it's over? Kamala Harris, if he gets sick, she takes over. So you know what Steve Bannon and the rest of those Hungarian white nationalist motherfucking German son of a bitches are doing? They're plotting. <laughs> they know they're untouchable. They're the ruling class. <laughs> the Proud Boys, Oak Keepers, Three Percenters, yeah. Those foot soldiers can go to jail. They're pawns in the game. <laughs> this motherfucker's so bold, he call everybody out. Let's go to war. He shouts out to everyone in the audience. Let's go to war. I want to hear it. Are we in war? 
Are you prepared to take this to its ultimate conclusion and destroy the deep state? Root and branch? Do you understand what a historic week this is? You know why it's a historic week? Because of you. And you and you. This is what they fear. They fear not just an electorate that is informed, wow. but an electorate that says, no longer are we just going to sit there and take it. Take what? What the fuck is all of this white rage is about, Steve Bannon? Nobody's taking your shit. Nobody trying to invade his world. So what is this anger is about? It's about the country. They don't want you part of their version of America. They want to go back like their ancestors. And it, it's deep-rooted in their soul. It's so buried in today's soul that I can take you back to 1957 and let you listen to how racist those son of a bitches were and still is about black kids going to their schools. Why do you think public education sucks? They don't want you to know that they're the problem. Listen to this America and then you understand the bullshit that corporate America is pulling over our faces. You want to take that fucking red pill? You ready to go down that rabbit hole? Listen to this. At the height of the Third Reich. But they're not. This is America. In February of 1939, 20,000 fascists assembled in the heart of New York City at Madison Square Garden. The event was billed as a pro-American rally organized by the German-American Bund, hoping to spread Nazi ideals in the United States. At the time the rally was held, Nazi Germany was already operating concentration camps. News of the persecution of Jews had been front page on American papers, but the American government had been slow to condemn Nazi Germany, and anti-Semitism and anti-immigrant sentiments were still popular. <laughs> you know why? Because we had the fucking American Legion! There's fucking representatives. Rachel Maddow fucking did a, a fucking podcast about the shit. That's what really got me digging into this shit. Because I always said, where the fuck did these Nazis come from? <laughs> they was here all this time. They blend into American society so good. And they own Twitter. Spent $44 billion to get it. $20 billion over the price. Why? Now I know why. He's a fucking Nazi. Why America dragging their feet two and a half years after the insurrection on January the 6th? Now I know why. Because half of them are Nazis. Now I see why Joe Biden don't want to be bothered with it. He want to act like he's really a president. But meanwhile, the president from Ukraine comes here, give a speech, and you see half of the Republican Party sticking to their playbook of white supremacy. Now I know why. I pledge undivided allegiance 
to the flag of the United States of America and the Republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All. You heard he said, he used the word liberty and justice for all, right? All who are white. Because back then, black folks didn't have no rights. Billie Holiday was singing about strange fruit. She got arrested. Sky was pushing white nationalism. Not only he was pushing white nationalism, it's a crazy-ass fucking um, Catholic priest. He was pushing it. And these motherfuckers was educated. Doctors, lawyers, judges, police chiefs, policemen. I mean, these are the good people of America. They had a secret society. If they didn't have a fucking Laverne and Shirley fucking symbol in their shirts... They was the Brooklyn boys. They weren't the Brooklyn boys. It was the Ku Klux Klan in the South. Jay Hoover overlooked all of that shit. He was too busy chasing down Bunny and Clyde. And they didn't belong to no fascist community. They just was outlaws. Because they seen America for what it really is. They pay the price. The man on stage was Fritz Kuhn, a German immigrant who dreamed of spreading fascism in America. He celebrated George Washington as a fascist icon, painted himself as a victim of the press, targeted minorities, and talked about reclaiming America. Ladies and gentlemen, fellow Americans, American patriots. I do not come before you tonight as a complete stranger. You all have heard of me through the Jewish controlled press as a creature with horns, a broken hook, and a long tail. <laughs> I love the way this guy did this. It's out there, guys. It's on YouTube. Please pull it up. Spread it. Get the message out. We're trying to let you know what you read in those history books is bullshit. America has a problem. And if you want to save your so-called democracy, we got to fix this problem. It's the cancer that's killing democracy. Listen to this shit. A few days ago, I called the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. They are the enemy of the people. We, with American ideals, demand that our government shall be returned to the American people who founded it. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, It's going to be only America first. America first. That was the code word to these motherfuckers. That explains Charlottesville. That explains all of this shit. 
America First Movement, Lindbergh, the guy that flew around the world in the 1930s, Henry Ford, the Koch brothers today, their daddy, Richard motherfucking Nixon had Nazis hanging out. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to... I'll prove it to you. Let's finish listening to this and then listen to Richard Nixon and they crazy fuckers. An estimated 100,000 New Yorkers turned out to challenge the fascists that night, held at bay by a huge police presence. A young Jewish plumber from Brooklyn, Isidore Greenbaum, snuck in. At one point, unable to bear what he was hearing, he ran on stage. I want you guys to listen to that. He couldn't stand it. You heard what he said, right? He ran on stage. This is the 1930s. You think Jews give a fuck about black people being lynched and murdered in the South? No. That wasn't their concern. See, that's how divide and conquer works. Now, by the 1960s, when some Jews actually realized that civil rights pulled before all of us, they ended up getting shot and buried in a dam down in Mississippi. What did white America do? Over, overlook it. Isolated it. It just was a, a, a single incident. No, it wasn't. Those boys died for freedom. That's why I get pissed off at Netanyahu. In order to save Israel, you have to embrace the Palestinians. Because these motherfuckers right here, they have other plans for Israel. I don't give a fuck. I might not be alive when it happens. But do you think this shit happened overnight? This shit been going on for over 80 years. Longer for black people, another 150 years. We got our freedom. They didn't know what to call their racism and hate. But they damn sure didn't want black folks having rights. So they came up with eugenics and second class citizenship after they put a bullet in Lincoln's ass, uh, Lincoln's head. Lincoln ass. No, his head. Not his ass. His head. That's how white supremacy works. Disguise itself. disruptive, throwing punches. We're not allowed to punch back anymore. I love the old days. You know what they used to do to guys like that when they were in a place like this? They'd be carried out on a stretcher, folks. That's true. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Knock the crap out of him, would you? Seriously. We tried to overthrow our government on January 6th. 
white American making all types of excuses and bullshit spin. It's like a kid that broke the fucking glass with his baseball and making all types of excuses why the baseball ended up in the fucking kitchen sink. It wasn't my fault. Had to be someone else's. I don't know how that ball got in that fucking sink. It went through the window. I know that, but I didn't throw the ball. See? That's why I call. That's what I call smoking mirrors. That's why I'm doing this segment called smoking mirrors. Because that's what it is. We listen to any morning talk entertainment show, news shows. They always have someone's opinions. There's always the same bullshitters. That's smoke. And they're giving you a mirror. So it's fogging your thinking. So open your mind and your ass will follow. January the 6th was no accident. They plotted to overthrow our government back then, 80 years ago. And they haven't stopped. And they're in our government. They sit on the Supreme Court. Some of them. Just knock the hell. I promise you, I will pay for the legal fee. Greenbaum was charged $25. He said he had no intention of interrupting. But being that they talked so much against my religion, and there was so much persecution, I lost my head, and I felt it was my duty to talk. During his ruling, the judge said, Don't you realize that innocent people might have been killed? Greenbaum replied, Do you realize that plenty of Jewish people might be killed with their persecution up there? It took another two years, the bombing of Pearl Harbor, and Germany's official declaration of war against the U.S. before America finally went to war against the Nazis. This... (laughs) She went to war against the Nazis in Europe. She never fucking went after these Nazis here in America. She went after the Japanese and locked them in concentration camps. But she never liked these Nazis in concentration camps. You see where I'm going with this? And American Jews were so goddamn racist from American poison. They're doing the same thing to the Palestinians that the Americans have done to the native Indians and the blacks. So that's how racism works. It's a cancer. And it can spread. This is the history that America remembers and celebrates. The German-American Bund died out quickly, but did its ideas. Less than three years since the fascists rallied in New York, the United States was putting Japanese-Americans in their own internment camps. It would take another 15 years for segregation to end. What happens when dangerous ideas only take a little bit of encouragement to become reality? And that's where we're going with this. I'll be right back with the rest of the show. Nineteen forty-eight, a program called the Displaced Persons Commission was created, allowing approximately four hundred thousand persons to emigrate to the United States. The act initially barred members of pro-Nazi groups until 1950, when the commission declared the Baltic Legion, also known as the Baltic Waffen-SS, not to be a movement hostile to the United States. 
the Baltic Waffen SS participated in the liquidation of Jews and used violence to intimidate and even kill those who resisted the evils of Nazism. By the time the Displaced Persons Act stopped being in effect in 1952, Dwight D. Eisenhower and his vice presidential nominee Richard Nixon were beginning their campaign for the White House. The Republican Party uses red baiting to create mass hysteria, resulting in social conformity in politics, the media, and academia. To get elected, Ike needed the support of Joe McCarthy and his right-wing followers. I spent about half an hour with the general last night. Well, I can't, well, I can't report that we agreed entirely on everything. In the 1952 presidential election, General Eisenhower, the Republican candidate, chose the red-baiting Richard Nixon as his running mate. Eisenhower mocked the Democrats for being soft on communism. The future of this country belongs to more courageous men. It belongs to men who, today, are ready to bear spiritual and intellectual arms against an alien army of communist ideas. In the 1952 presidential elections, the Republicans had not held the White House in 20 years. They discovered that anti-communism was a very effective tool in scaring Americans into voting for Republican candidates. Today, into this interdependent world has come a threatening force, the force of aggressive communism. It is cunning. It is godless. It aims to destroy all freedom. And most of all, yours and mine, because America is its final and chief target. Uh, I feel that the millions of Americans who have long voted the Democrat ticket are just as loyal, they love America just as much, they hate communism just as much as the average Republican. And I think it is up to those uh, loyal Democrats to realize that as of today, they don't have a party in Washington. The only way they can uh, have a change is by voting Republican. One communist on the faculty, of one university, is one communist too many. One communist among the admirers, American advisors at Yalta, was one communist too many, even if there are only one communist in the State Department. That would still be one communist too many. The whole notion of communism and fighting communism and subversion at home are all part of a, uh, a mindset that creates fear. And when people are afraid, they conform even more. I think the conformity, the social conformity of the 1950s in part is created or enhanced by this national fear of subversion. This anti-communist rhetoric echoed the Nazi propaganda of the 1930s, attracting new Nazi emigrates to the GOP. The Republican National Committee created an ethnic division this would lay the groundwork for the formation of the Republican Heritage Groups Council in 1969. Laszlo Pastor, a Hungarian immigrant who began his career in a pro-Nazi Hungarian party called the Arrow Cross, was the founding chair and pivotal figure within the council. When Pastor came to the United States in the 1950s, he joined the Republican Party's ethnic division. As one of the leaders of the Nixon campaign's ethnic unit in 1968, Pastor said Nixon promised to form a permanent ethnic outreach council within the Republican Party, as their ethnic division was not active in between presidential campaigns. Surely enough, 
the Republican Heritage Group's council was created after Nixon's victory. Pastor's picks to help form the council included various far-right organizations which collaborated with the Nazis. Each formed a Republican federation with local clubs across the country, which then evolved into state multi-ethnic councils. By 1990, there were 34 nationality federations and 25 state councils that constituted the National Republican Heritage Group's Council. The Bulgarian National Front was one of the first organizations recruited into the council. It was headed by Ivan Dochev, a Bulgarian fascist politician who emigrated to the United States in 1951. In 1934, Dochev met with Adolf Hitler and Alfred Rosenberg, the Nazis' leading philosopher. Shortly after, Dochev created the Union of Bulgarian Legions, a pro-Nazi group that advocated for government action against Jews. As early as 1971, the Republican Party has warned that the National Front was beyond the pale. Journalist Jack Anderson writes a series of reports exposing the pro-Nazi backgrounds of Republican ethnic advisors, including Laszlo Pastor and Ivan Dutchev, a member of the pro-Nazi Bulgarian National Front. The Washington Post also did a story elaborating on the Republican Party's Nazi ties. These reports had no effect on the Republican ethnic outreach strategy. After the war, Dutchev was given three separate death sentences in absentia for sending Jews to concentration camps whilst mayor of Silistra. The Justice Department opened an investigation into Dutchev for alleged war crimes he was suspected of committing while he was the mayor of a German-occupied city in Bulgaria. The Republican Party took no action to weed out these troublesome fascists. Dochev later began publishing Prelom, a newspaper featuring a swastika and one headline reading, Long Live the Sacred Struggle Against the Jews. Dochev left the Bulgarian National Front in 1984 and another member of the Bulgarian Legion named George Paprikov became chair. Paprikov endorsed Ronald Reagan's re-election in an issue of Borba, a publication put out by the Front. Reagan's autographed photo appeared in the same issue with a Dear George message, which appeared to be in Reagan's handwriting. Despite warnings about Dochev in the Bulgarian National Front, Dochev was a pre-election guest at the White House in 1984. Ultimately, he faced no sentence, and Dochev died at 90. Seeing their victims, they were my friends, they were my parents. The final word has been spoken as far as I'm concerned. I think it is morally right to do what I'm doing, and uh, I'm not going to change my mind about that. On May 5, 1985, Ronald Reagan visited Bitburg Cemetery at the invitation of the German Chancellor, where Nazi Waffen-SS troops were buried. Fifty-three senators, including 11 Republicans, signed a letter asking the president to cancel, and 257 representatives, including 84 Republicans, signed a letter urging the German chancellor to withdraw the invitation. Many German officials, celebrities, and Holocaust survivors protested the visit. After the fallout from this public relations disaster, Reagan decided to speak to a friendly audience, the National Republican Heritage Group's Council, which was holding a convention 12 days later. On behalf of the National Republican Heritage Group's Council, we wish to thank you for being the first sitting president to attend our convention. 
Freelance journalist Russ Blunt documented the presence of Nazi collaborators in the GOP in the 1980s and released a report, Old Nazis, the New Right, and the Reagan administration in 1988, which inspired this expose. Blunt's findings were dismissed by RNC Secretary Albert Marucci. Marucci said there was no plans to investigate the backgrounds of any members of the GOP's ethnic outreach division. In 1988, Key figures in the Republican Heritage Group's council were named as leaders of the Coalition of American Nationalities, the George Bush Campaign's Ethnic Outreach Division, including Laszlo Pastor, Frank Stella, Raddy Slavoff, Philip Aguarino, and Florian Galdo. Others with questionable views or past were also brought into the Bush campaign. Business executive and Nixon assistant Fred Malik was on the track to become George Bush's chief of staff, but resigned from the Bush campaign in his position as deputy chairman of the Republican National Committee after acknowledging that in 1971, at the request of Republican President Richard Nixon, he drew up a list of important Jewish officials at the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Dogged by rising unemployment and inflation, Nixon believed that there was a, quote, Jewish cabal trying to undermine his presidency by the fudging of labor numbers. The Nixon tapes have revealed deep-seated anti-Semitism by Nixon and his chief of staff, Henry Kissinger. One transcript suggests Nixon was worried about Kissinger, one of his closest aides, getting too involved in Middle East policy because Kissinger was Jewish. You know, put yourself in his position. Good God. You know, his people were crucified over there. Jesus Christ. And five million of them popped into bake ovens. What the hell does he feel about all this? Nixon told Haldeman. Kissinger himself had very little sympathy for the plight of Jews in the Soviet Union. In another of the candid and sometimes coarse conversations released today, the president muses about anti-Semitism. He's talking to evangelist Billy Graham and worries about reaction to the Washington visit of Israeli Prime Minister Golda Meir because Israel has just shot down a Libyan passenger plane. Anti-Semitism is more, stronger than we think, you know. Nixon told his special counsel, Chuck Colson, that even though he believed abortion encouraged permissiveness, it shouldn't always be out of the question. In April 1971, Richard Nixon proclaimed that he was sympathetic to the plight of gay people. But Nixon's tolerance still had its limits. Boy Scout leaders, YMCA leaders, and others brave in that direction, and teachers. And if you look over the history of societies, you will find, of course, that some of the highly intelligent people, from the Myers, Oscar Wilde, or Southeast, or Central, 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 or Central
1980, after roughly a decade of Republicans forming a shadow Reich behind the scenes starting under the Nixon administration, the Republican establishment went into full panic mode when some Republicans decided it was time to go full mask off and let the public in on their little secret. In August 1980, a candidate for congressperson in Dearborn Heights, Michigan, named Gerald Carlson, ran a full-on white power campaign, telling Republican voters that it was the white majority who were the real victims in society. The Detroit Free Press reported on Carlson's campaign at the time. What he would do, if elected, is work to rescind civil rights and fair housing laws, support the proposed constitutional amendment to ban busing and back voter referendums to create all white cities. We would have glorious and wonderful cities where white people are allowed to thrive and to live without the threat of Negro crimes and violence, Carlson said. The Washington Post also reported on his campaign. For nine months, he operated a white power hotline a series of phone messages in which he told whites to drive blacks from their neighborhoods and said that blacks, being lazy, were responsible for the lowered automobile production and widespread recession here. He said in his campaign leaflet that the biggest problem our country has is the exploitation and oppression of the white majority. This is the basis of Carlson's philosophy, which he attempts to bolster with quotations from scientists and historians, that blacks, supported by liberal radical communists, are the cause of the economic and social breakdown of the country. He believes many people see this, but are afraid to go public because of the liberal-dominated press, the intimidation of the masses, as de Tocqueville said. Carlson sees it as his job to educate the people who don't understand his philosophy who see the extent of the problem and are awed by the expanse. Carlson was a former Nazi, former member of the KKK, and former member of the John Birch Society. As Republicans predicted, he lost to the Democrat in the race and was a national embarrassment to the party. Nevertheless, the GOP allowed Nazi collaborators and fascists to operate behind the scenes in the Republican Party. Slowly over the coming decades, American Nazi and Nazi-adjacent individuals would step out of the shadows, become popular internet personalities, ascend to fame as hosts at corporate conservative news networks, and win elections for public office. One would even win the presidency through the Electoral College and attempt a violent coup.